Hello and welcome to Voices Through Avalon. My name is Katie Smith. And my name is Sharon Fincher. And today we thought we would just talk to each other because <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, so we have a lot of new things going on here, a lot of moving parts, and Katie and I, I think, have uh, picked up a lot of more responsibility than what mm -hmm. we already had, and, and, you know, it's all good things, but we just wanted to kind of share what we could share with everybody so that you all would know what's going on here at Avalon. I know for me, I was really excited to ask you about your work with the DEI. Yeah. I, I want to hear about that. Can you kind of explain to the folks um, listening what DEI stands for and what type of work that you're doing around that? Yeah, so DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this was something that I thought, um, you know, just in some of the trainings and conversations around the office, I kind of took a proposal to Kim and, and kind of explain to her what my thoughts were around it. And here we are today. And so um, in addition to working with underserved communities, I'm now doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And really what that is, is making sure that the inside of Avalon is, is, is what we're portraying to the outside world. And so we have, you know, and, and don't quote me here because I haven't researched, but I think we have probably one of the most diverse staffs um, when it comes to um, the kind of work that we do, working with DB and, and SA and, and, you know, and things of that nature. Um, but there were more things that, that we are taking a deeper look into. Um, you know, it, it goes down to um, sexuality. It goes down to religion. It goes down, you know, it comes down to us really acknowledging the differences and really, you know, being supportive and celebratory of everybody that makes up Avalon. And what we are coming to understand here is that when we fix the things that we need to fix on the inside, then we can also project those things to the outside and it's a trinkle effect. So I think with the DEI work, it's, it's been great because the way that I've approached it and I've talked to Kim is if the top is okay with it, you know, then it just filters down to everyone else. And I will say that, you know, um, our directors, our executive director and our other directors have all been, you two, have all been very supportive of um, what we're trying to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion here at Avalon. And um, I just see great things happening in the future with it. For those of you who don't know, Sharon is an amazing presenter. Aww. She's a wealth of knowledge, particularly <laughs> around this topic. And I just know for me that this is important for Avalon and its growth to be making this a priority for mm -hmm. our staff and mm -hmm. for just our work with clients. Mm -hmm. And I think that I can't think of anybody that would do better than Sharon in this piece. I appreciate it. And I, I'm hoping that you can just keep expanding on it because it seems to be something that I've noticed from you that you're very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And once again, you have a wealth of knowledge around it and, mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that we can keep expanding it to even go over like more specific things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, even now, like, you know, one, one thing, you know, I don't, I don't like wasting time doing a lot of talking. I'm more of an, an action person. So even in this short time, when you're looking at the staff of Avalon, I mean, we've expanded, we've expanded um, with our diversity with even including, we, we now have three men on, on staff, you know, uh, we talked a couple of years ago about the importance of engaging men in conversations when it comes to sexual violence. And so 
in addition to just talking about it, we actually have men on staff and, and currently we have three men on staff and, you know, it's just things like that. And, and again, it goes back to the leadership of the organization being open to these discussions and really understanding the importance of everything that we're trying to do here. And so, you know, I'm very intentional about not just talking, but actually putting things in play. Well, I know along with the DEI work, you're also doing a lot around um, training for sports teams yeah. and coaches. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we were blessed in June to receive funding to really um, have conversations about athletics and sexual violence. I know that um, in in very recent time we've been exposed to things that have happened uh, with coaches and people that we entrust our children with that are supposed to teach them you know, um, the things they need to be uh, athletes, which is then supposed to help you become like a productive citizen and things like that. I know I personally played a lot of sports growing up and um, we've connected with um, a friend of mine, Lisa Bryant, who's um, well known here in the sports world. Her daughter was Miss Basketball just recently and signed with Clemson. And, um, you know, she and I had a conversation and she's really, really excited to, you know, come on board and, and help us with a lot of things. So what is it in March? We're already going to like this. Um, yeah, we're going to Lansing to present um, three or four different um, three or four different workshops talking about sexual violence. And, and I think that this is something that we've known about, but we've not really talked about it as much, especially, you know, with with people. Um, elementary school through high school Um, of course we talk about it in college because of you know those types of things but we're really trying to not only reach uh, reach out to the athletes themselves but the coaching you know the athletic staff and also the parents just so we can you know make people aware of things to look you know to look for um, what to do if you do notice stuff like you know bystander intervention Um, grooming you know what is sexual assault what does that look like and one thing you know when we had our meeting with Lisa's is I found out um, that I found out is that uh, there aren't mandated reporters and so even if (laughs) yeah so even if they they see something they don't technically have to report and so you know she thought it was a great idea not only being a, a mom of an athlete but also you know, um, being heavy in the athletic world, um, that these types of conversations were important. So, you know, it was great to connect with Lisa. Lisa used to coach my son and, and, you know, she and I have coached like little kids together and things like that. Um, so I'm excited to, to see what happens with that. And I'm pretty happy that Avalon is, um, is, is taking on that, that discussion. We, we need to invite her on the podcast. We do need to invite her on the podcast. She really had, the other day when we met with her, she really dive deep into her own feelings about you know people not being made to be mandated reporters and Mm -hmm. stuff and Mm -hmm. how she handles you know different situations that she's been involved in and she is really ahead of the game I think it would be cool to have her on the podcast yeah Um, and she touched on too like think about Metro Detroit Wayne County Mm -hmm. how many you know all the grade levels playing sports recreational you know parks here in the city like Mm -hmm. there's all these different sports going on lifelong learning sports um so many different groups that maybe this isn't a focus or topic of Mm -hmm. conversation amongst them because you know it's when you think of sports you think about having fun winning you Mm -hmm. know excelling at something you're not thinking about 
some of the, you know, the red flags, the red flags yeah, yeah. in that situation. And especially for parents, you know, when you put your kids in sport and just for an example, like my friends, some, several of my friends are hockey moms. So they have their kids in hockey. It's a high level sport. And um, they're just like, you know, how many games can my kid play? How many, you know, chances will they have to hit the puck in the yeah the, the goal thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they're not thinking about maybe like what's going on behind the scenes. And that's understandable. Um, and so I think just educating the team, educating the parents and giving them some understanding about red flags and, and safety is, is really important. So, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I've coached and, you know, at the time you're not thinking about it, but looking at it from this, through this lens and from this perspective, um, parents really trusted their kids with me, you know? And so I'm just one of thousands of coaches you know what I'm saying and, and I don't think as a parent because I've also been the parent of an athlete you don't think as much that you could be really sending your kid into danger part of that is is because we you know maybe being naive expect that the the athletic organization is going to do background checks and, and do thorough investigations and I commend Lisa because of the steps that she said that she took to make sure that her staff um, you know, is they have all of the credentials and the background checks that they need. And, and she still does it periodically, even though she doesn't have to. But how many people are actually doing that? And so, you know, unknowingly sometimes, you know, parents, we may have put our kids in compromising situations. And, yeah, what you said, like kids just want to win. They want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be praised. And so that leaves them very, very vulnerable. And we don't think about what that what that could look like for them. Sure. Um, well, tell me a little bit, too. I wanted to touch on, because we have this opportunity to talk together, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, normally interviewing people, which is awesome. But um, tell me a little bit about the Survivor Advisory Council. Do we have any updates about what's going on with that? Yeah, so the Survivor Advisory Council is great. We actually meet month- monthly, and everybody is very much so engaged. Um, one of the tasks that I had given them was to think about goals Um, one goal was something that we can easily easily obtain one that may be really really far off um, it may be something dealing with policy or something like that or laws which will take you know a few years to work on and then something in the middle Um, so they have been working on that right now what they're doing or what we're doing I want to say they are doing because it's their council I'm just there to support and and that's really what I try to push Mm -hmm. Um, what they're doing is working on a survivor's guide for survivors by survivors Um, and they're reflecting on their healing journey here with Avalon and and how they started and the support that they received they're being very intentional about the wording that they're using Uh, one of the things that we talk about is empowerment and we've agree that we we don't have the right to empower anybody that that makes it seem as if the person doesn't have their own power but we're changing that verbiage to actually just creating a space and allowing them an opportunity to realize their power and get it back um it's kind of like just hitting the speed bump just trying to get back on track and so it's just things like that that we're working on um they are preparing to meet with the board they are preparing to meet with the directors they have some really great ideas and thoughts and um it's also diverse. I actually have, uh, it's two men and one, one woman that's actually on the Survivor Advisory Council now. They have decided, um, you know, a description of who would be a good fit for the Survivor Advisory Council. 
and for them that is someone who has um, been coming to Avalon and received services but also are at the point in their healing where they can advocate for another person without feeling as if they're putting themselves um, in danger or in an unsafe situation so you know, I'm really, really proud of them. I think I stress them out sometimes because it looks like, you know, sixth graders taking a, a test on a Friday afternoon. But um, <laughs> but they tend to enjoy it, and, and they're coming up with some really, really cool things. Um, I'm excited to, to also share with everybody once we get all of this together. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I love it. That's I love great. It. Yeah. So, Katie, what other things have you been working on here? Because I know you've done a lot katie whisks off sometimes and, and she's shooting videos and stuff all over the place <laughs> so just give us a little bit of insight about the things that you're doing well um as you all have heard through the podcast we have a lot going on here at avalon um something i am really excited to share with everyone is i am starting um, yoga teacher training for avalon all right um, avalon has offered yoga in the past and um, one of my colleagues um, who has moved on and she is um, now doing other amazing things. Monica McCormick used to be our uh, trauma-informed yoga instructor here. And so I'm going to be one of the folks that's taking on this role. Um, other staff will probably come on at certain points and be teaching yoga, but I'm very excited. It's very intense. It's a 200-hour yoga training that wow. is going to be at uh, 359 Yoga in Wyandotte. Mm. And it's going to touch a lot on... Um, meditation trauma informed yoga um yoga for healing um uh for any type of trauma support um the lady who owns the studio jennifer she's really awesome and knows that i have this passion to do this for avalon and mm -hmm. so she's very supportive and i'm very excited it's going to be very intense training but i'm hoping that it will um i think it's going to be good for me and it's going to be really good for avalon when I first started working here, um, long time way back, like over 10 years ago, I used to work more directly with clients. And most of you guys know I run the art therapy group with Danelle. Mm -hmm. And so I do have some of, you know, I do have some interaction in that regard, but I miss that one-on-one -on -one with mm -hmm. clients. Mm -hmm. um, I, when I went on call before, like I don't do that anymore. And people shift in their roles here at Avalon and yeah. we all get busy and stuff but this is my way to kind of get back to working with clients and giving back to the community um, it's really where my heart is and I think it will um, give me a surge of energy in my role because I'll be able to do something good and I see what yoga has done for me from um, like healing from trauma I've, I've been taking yoga for a really long time when I lived here in Detroit I used to take yoga every single day and just the last past few months I've come back to it and it really does a lot for my anxiety and my stress and dealing with my own triggers and so I know that it's a, a service that Avalon absolutely needs to offer it's essential and I think that I hope that it will transform lives <laughs> once mm -hmm. we start the program back up and I just have a lot of ideas around ways that we can support our clients through yoga um, even hosting events and having special yoga groups like rooftop yoga or like yin yoga for relaxing um, bringing in other yoga studios and and other you know yoga teachers that have specific um, credentials that could just support our clients um, so I'm very excited about that it's going to go until the end of December and mm -hmm. then next year I'll start 
more of a, a trauma-informed yoga track. So like I said, it's going to take probably about nine to ten months for wow. me to complete it, but um, I'm ready to go. I have lots of reading to do, <laughs> lots of tests to take, uh-huh. and lots of stretching. So Okay. Now, something else that you all may not know about, about Katie is that she's also a master gardener. And I know that uh, we had the the garden here, and, and we're excited to, you know, hopefully soon have another one. Yes. Um, do you think that you would be participating in that? When oh, that comes for up? sure. Um, and I we have what's nice is that the the new healing center that we will have actually has a garden already in place. The plan is to create a garden that has all native plants to Michigan, mm. and pollinator plants that will help the bees and the butterflies and the hummingbirds oh, wow. so that's really important to us and I I can see a, I can see clients you know having sessions there with advocates and counselors um, it will be such a beautiful like healing space I could see us doing yoga right by the garden um, I just one thing I love about Avalon is we always try to be innovative in our tools for healing. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to come here necessarily and just do individual counseling. If that's what works for you, then we offer that. But we also offer so many other options. Yeah. Um, because I know for me, my healing journey has been primarily through art and exercise and moving my body like that has really helped me and supported me in healing so I know it's important if I'm feeling that there's has to be other people that feel the same way yeah so um yeah that's that's definitely something we want to bring back and I'm hoping that we can start having um garden cleanup days like we used to when we used to have our garden I remember it was so wonderful we had clients come they felt they just seems everyone was so happy to be yeah. there you know it was, it was a good time you know uh we're, we're lucky as you as you mentioned to work with an organization that's so progressive uh, we actually have so we just hired five new staff mm-hmm. so we are growing like really really fast we hired five new staff and now we have um three more positions that that katie posted recently um and, and a forthcoming that i heard this morning oh my goodness okay <laughs> And so I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, one is the human trafficking specialist. Yep. One is the holistic health coordinator. Yes. And then one is the education and outreach coordinator. Yep. Now, to align with what Katie was just talking about, and we're talking about the, the holistic coordinator, um, it's going to be amazing because all of these um, ideas that we have, you know, that, that are out, out of the box, um, not just sitting across from someone and having a conversation, but we're actually looking for somebody somebody to lead us um, to have all of these different alternatives to healing um, for our clients. So I just really love the fact that we're this innovative and creative. And I look forward to see what that looks like, because as you said, you know, you find healing through art and through, you know, yoga and things like that. And, and I'm just excited that we're offering people an opportunity to heal in ways that's best for them. Me, too. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we have today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you the speed round questions because. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, because they change all the time. Yeah, anyway. they yeah. do. And I don't remember names of places. Uh, so. But thank you all for <laughs> joining us, and remember um, that she keep us save us in Spotify library. Yeah. We are voices through Avalon. Right. So you all be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.